Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the Ring the Bell podcast. That's Nick Kreider. That's Heath Bell. Hope everyone's doing well. The San Diego Padres, one week into the 2023 season. At the time of recording this, we are at an off day, are three and three. Lots of good things, some bad things to discuss. So, gentlemen, let's get into it. Heath, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Just uh, feel bad for the bullpen right now because they got to get the ball down. Shit. Leaving anyway. pitches up. Yeah, they're just leaving Very pitches up. I mean, our bullpen sucks, and I hate I hate saying that because I'm a reliever and I'm a bullpen guy, and I love all those guys down there, but we got to do a better job. We're, when we miss, we miss up. We're not missing down in the zone. It's almost like we're trying too hard or something, and, I mean, gosh, we could be 5-1 and one right now. So if our bullpen could just do what they normally do, just so our bullpen really have sucked, plain and simple. That's all you could say, so, mm-hmm. but it's early. So, yeah, I, I think, I think <clears throat> we're getting a lot out of some of the guys that we knew we we're going to have that are good. Hater's been great. Yeah. Tim Hill's been pretty good. Um, but Luis Garcia has a blow up. Um, you know, Tapia had a bad outing his first time, but bounced back, had a nice second outing. Um, I kind of like Honeywell's arsenal. I think that he's got some, mm-hmm. some nice whip to his pitches. That's yeah, lets up a big home run, of course, but didn't hurt because um, I think we won that game, right? So really just avoiding the big innings. You know, Chris Matt and Garcia, as we mentioned, um, you know, got a hold there. Got a hold when your your pitchers are, are going deep and, and allowing less than two runs. I mean, you Darvish pitched a great game. Um, was a little erratic, I think, but that's just, I think, early jitters in my opinion. Obviously, he didn't play till the sixth game of the season. Or was it fifth? Yeah, sixth game of the season. Well, he hasn't he hasn't pitched a whole lot either. So yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> have a lot of reps in the spring. Snell was really the only one that I think didn't really impress me that much in his first outing. Weathers, mm-hmm. you know, he had one bad inning, but other than that, I think he was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he, he was all right. I go go back to the pen real quick. I think Stephen Wilson's had a really really good start to the year. He. Taking yeah, a I nice mean, step. He 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 allowed that one bomb, but I, I don't think Melvin should have brought him in for that for that second straight inning, especially on a day where he worked the, the game before. Uh, won the game. I, I like what I like what I'm seeing from Honeywell. I, I love what I'm seeing from Josh Hader. He looks like he's Josh Hader again, and Locked he's figured in, yeah. it out. I mean, that slider is wipeout. He's hitting high nineties on the fastball, but. You know, Heath, it kills me to see someone like Xander Bogarts having such a, an unreal start to the year, and they're three and three. I mean, he leads the league in bombs, uh, seven RBI. He's hitting, I feel like, four hundred. I mean, talk about what we've gone from X, man. It's it's ridiculous. It's 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 fun to watch our offense really take off and our new guys hit the ball like X. But you know, bullpen, gosh, just it's um, you know, some guys are doing well, Honeywell, and that, but it's just. You know, you say you don't give up a big inning. Well, as a reliever, <clears throat> a big inning is giving up one run, 
really. Mm -hmm. Two runs is like horrible. But, you know, if you get a couple guys on, but you get strand, you strand them out there, that's fine. You know, starters, a big run is like a big inning is two or more, you know, per inning. But it, I'm just watching the pitches. That's how I watch a game. And they're leaving pitches up. That's really what it is. It's almost like they're rushing or, you know, maybe the pitch clock is kind of affecting them a little bit. Um, you know, instead of calming their motions down, this and that. But I mean, every game this year, we're going to be, we're going to be in a dogfight. If we're predicted to, you know, win the world series or at least go really far into the playoffs, everybody's going to be out to beat us. Everybody mm -hmm. all season long. So our bullpen has got to be ready. It's not like we just have time to be okay. Well, we, you know, a couple here, a couple there, it's early screw that. But also here's the other part that I'm kind of worried about. Are we guys, I mean, now we're in the day of age where guys don't pitch back to back games or, our back-to-back -back days or three days in a row and then get shut down for that fourth day. It's almost like I'll pitch people on Monday and then Tuesday will be a different crew. And then Wednesday, maybe a different crew or some of the guys Monday, this and that. It's like, pick your best guys, make yeah. your seven, eight, nine, always your seven, eight, nine, you know, hater goes out there. He should always pitch at home if we're tied or for three or less run, you know, three or less runs up. So it doesn't and help it, when Suarez is hurt, though. I mean, it, it, that's somebody well, but, who would be so nice bridging the gap. But it's like, you know, we have Tatis out. So we have somebody replacing him. You know, so we just yeah, we move our up. seventh guy up into the eighth spot. That's all. So now we're, yeah. you know, our sixth guy is our seventh guy. Maybe we're trying to find that sixth inning guy. But that's not the case. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like we're using two different guys in two different set of guys on day one and day two. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit you. old school, so it's kind of like we need to set the roles. You know, here's your seventh inning. Here's your eighth inning. Here's your ninth inning guy. No matter what, those are your guys. Unless, you know, if they pitched, you know, if they're not good three days in a row, because I know a lot of guys nowadays don't pitch three days in a row, but like Trevor, Trevor Hoffman and a lot of guys would pitch three days and have a day off. They wouldn't pitch four days in a row. And but then on the road, you know, your closer never pitches unless um you're in a safe situation there was sometimes i'd pitch we'd come home for a week i'd pitch five six days a week at home and then go on the road for seven days and not even pitch a game so um it's just one of those things that you know you don't know when it's coming but you gotta when you're up you gotta have your main guys go in there if your guys haven't pitched in a couple days so be it that's what happens so i don't yeah. know I know Bob Melvin's probably trying to ease everybody in, but we need to win every game, you know, and I feel yeah. like we're letting we got, a few, it's only six games, but we've let two right. games kind of go home games too. And you know, yeah. you, you definitely want to go at least four and two in that stretch, but the bullpen is pretty bumped up. We've got, you know, Jose Castillo, who's on the 15 day IL right now. We've got, um, Pomerantz on the 15 day, Joe Musgrove in the rotation on the 15 day. So you imagine that someone, you know, either Weathers goes down to AAA or mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, and then Morahone on the 60-day and Suarez, of course. So I think, you know, as we just get through the stretch and get healthy, you know, we'll find more of a identity of what the bullpen looks like, who's your seven, eight, and, and nine guy. I mean, we know our nine guy, of course. But, yeah. um, you know, the rest of it needs to be shaken out. And look, I think with a guy like Tapia, who was a surprise to some people to make the roster, like, you know, like I said, bad first outing, but good bounce back we're looking for guys to kind of step up in that in that place you know guys that weren't necessarily expected to do so but 
Yeah, I'm with it, you. it'd be nice to have a Drew Pomeranz update, Nick, too, huh? It feels like two <laughs> no. years where we've been waiting. We've been waiting on that one. So yeah, uh, right. <laughs> haven't haven't heard much on that front. It seems like in in forever with this bullpen. Since but you know, I, I, a, a part of it is like it, it's it's unfortunate, and the guys got to be better. But you know, to in, in the team's defense too, a part of it's just not having all their guys back yet. I mean, Audrey and Morahone yeah. would have been an integral part of this pen. Drew Pomeranz, we'll see if he is. Suarez, like that's a huge chunk of their bullpen that they don't have. So no excuse. They got to be better. Um, it is what it is. Uh, I, I want to talk about really quick. Let, before we get into the offense, let's talk about yesterday and the whole Machado ejection thing because I think that's a pretty <laughs> interesting storyline where Machado, you know, he faced the pitch clock learning curve, right? Uh, he called time right as the clock went, right after eight seconds, but the – uh, the home plate umpire already forgot his name. Ron Culpa called him out. It yeah, was a three-two count, and you know he he called he called him a d bag and was tossed after that. So, you know, where, where do you guys stand on this this rule change? I mean, I, I think it's I think if it's close, the umps just got to come on, let it go. Especially in a three-two count in a scenario like that. I guess he did break the rules, but I feel like we're we're overthinking this of the game of baseball. Like, come on, man, it's ridiculous. Couple things that I kind of think. One, Manny was in the box. So, like, technically he was within the rules. And the pitcher can pitch the pitch. You know, if he's not ready, he's in the box. He's just doing his batting gloves. Like, he can still throw the pitch. Apparently he was asking for time, and Culpa wasn't honoring it. Now, what I've seen from Culpa in years prior, and just as history shows, he likes to pick fights. He likes to eject people. He likes, you know, that that intensity and and, and getting into scuffles with people and throwing people out and Manny Machado guy who literally has a target on his back every single game that he plays out there quote-unquote villain of the league you know amongst mm. other teams and I'm sure a lot of umpires as well so he's looking for a reason to toss Manny I'm sure he egged him on um so I don't love that Manny does need to have a little bit more maturity though knowing that that's the first inning and that's the new rule and you just got to shake it off um he needs to have some con- constraint restraint there um, but not a big fan of that. Obviously I'm a fan of the pitch clock in general, cause it's really sped up the pace of play. And we've had less than one pitch clock violation in the league as a whole per game. It's, I think the numbers at like 0.8 or 0.7 now. Um, so that's a big win for everybody, but you know, Manny, Manny's got to do his best not, not to get thrown out of there. Well, see, this is the problem I had. And I said this a little bit in spring training, it gives the umpires too much power. So now, mm-hmm. It's almost like goes back to the 80s and 90s. You're going to have to know what umpire wants to throw people out and, you know, stir up controversy, want to control the game, or which umpires are just going to be umpires that just, you know, we'll call balls and strikes and we'll intermix when we need to, but we're going to let the guys play. I mean, because in that situation, he was just waiting for Manny. I mean, if you look at the clock, we're almost getting to the point where we're going to get, we need the NBA clock where we have, you know, it goes down 0.9, 0.8, 0.7, you know, where, and then Mm -hmm. we have to have another on par to watch. Did he release the ball? Did he put up his hand before, you know, the buzzer went red or something like that? Because now it's umpires. Like I've watched a couple other games and here's another loophole that, you know, um, uh, Max Scherzer found a loophole about, you know, calling, you know, when he was pitching, he comes set. Now there's a loophole where I forget who did it. He was holding the ball. The pitcher, the base runner took off. He just held the ball, didn't throw the ball. And the base runner has to go back. Really? You know, because 
Yeah, it was um, it was a Philly game. The Turner stole a base. The the pitcher just held the ball. The it was a ball. The umpire went well. Ball, base runner, go back to first base. Oh, and, and maybe it's a violation so the pitch, for the pitcher. The pitcher will the pitcher will concede the ball to give him extra rest. Is that's what you're saying, right? Oh, that's smart. Very smart. And then what about in the in the Mets game? Somebody hit a foul ball, and the the runner at first round round the bases took too long to get to first base. The batter was called strike strike you know like strike two or strike three because the that base sucks. runner didn't go back to first base. That shouldn't affect you as a hitter if your teammate is. But that's is what happened. Getting, um, yeah, so it's sucks. umpires making calls. We're finding all these different rules that they never figured out. This is why yeah. I don't like the pitch clock. This is why, I mean, I like it for game of pace, but major league players are really smart. We're going to find the gray areas like Max Scherzer found out. Okay. Batters only can call time one time. So make him call time. Then you can quick pitch everybody. Mm. As soon as you get in the box, your head doesn't even have to be up. I can throw the ball. Games have felt pretty fast. Seven, Games have seven felt pretty eight o'clock, seven, eight, seven seconds eight seconds i can throw that pitch if manny's not looking or not <clears throat> that's, so, that's super interesting stuff yeah i don't as a pitcher, so you gotta find like i used to th- i used to pick to first base a couple times you know i would do it you know three three or four times if the crowd you know if we were in dodger state and the crowd was booing i just did it against you know them i wouldn't hold yeah. the ball forever but like say if a batter like matt kemp did this a couple times he would hold the you know he'd call time on me as I'm like, you know, nobody's on. He called time. Well, I was like, what are you doing? So I would hold the ball and, and make him call time again. And then I would hold the ball again to really tick him off. And then try to throw and a pitch before pitches. he's going to call time again. It's a my, little mind game. Well, now we can't do that. So how are we going to play the mind game? Basically, we're going to have to be like Mark Burley. And we're just going to have to pitch quick, quick, quick. And I think that's what's hurting a little bit of our relievers. Usually when you're rushing... You know, you're, you're leaving pitches up, you're pitching too much, you're not taking your time, you're not slowing things down, and you leave pitches up. You're rushing, your ball's out in front, you can't finish, you know, the pitch. So I think that's what our relievers are doing a little bit. That's why we're not as sharp. But that's the way we're going to have to pitch now with this pitch clock. We're going to have to figure out certain mm-hmm. things. And guys are smart in the big leagues. They're starting to make find out little loopholes in the rules. And But here, going back to Manny, we're, we're going to have to find out which umpires don't like certain hitters. You know, which ones like certain hitters, almost like you're going to have to play that game. Manny's going to have to walk up and say, hey, how you doing? You know, umpire John or whoever we're talking to, man. You know, <laughs> hey, know I, I was wrong yesterday. <laughs> you're going to have to be everybody's best friend to try to get the calls, you know, this and that, where we're going to find there's going to be a situation where somebody's going to call time the exact same time Manny did. And they're going to they're going to grant it and say, OK, great. But Major League Baseball yeah. said, no, the umpire was right. Who says he's right? Because if you watch, if you look at the clock, it was eight seconds. It wasn't down to seven. Right. It's so all judgment. Stupid. It's that's where the umpires, <laughs> it's it's getting too much power to the umpires, and some umpires are dicks. They're and they love it. That's 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 their moment. They're born for those yeah. moments. Don't, don't umpires should not be there for their moments. They should do, be there, they should be like, you know, seen and not or 
heard but not seen or something like that. Yeah, the trade Turner loophole. The trade Turner loophole is an interesting one. I didn't even know about that. I'm I'm gonna look into it. And I, um, that's a that's an interesting loophole. But yeah, but Machado was it was an it, it, Nick. You you attested to it. It kind of sucked. He got thrown out of the first inning. Nelson Cruz did go yard though in his place. But obviously, you would still like four Machado's bat four sixty right. So the, the the Potters are three and three. Uh, you know, an up and down star. Uh, let's get into Juan Soto real quick because. You know, last two games, he's picked it up a ton, right? He went deep for the first time, and then the other day he was two for five. But before that, everyone was already hitting the panic button, maybe myself a little bit too, because he was rolling over everything, trying to pull the ball. He was rolling over everything. He didn't even hit a Literally. fly ball until two games ago. Yeah. And then you started to see him finally go deep. I still think he's trying to pull the ball. But, Nick, thoughts on Soto so far to start the year? Hitting 190, but a lot more optimistic over the last 48 hours than previously. Oh, definitely. And look, there, there obviously are going to be people that get concerned early on, but you know, maybe he's not fully healthy. You know, the oblique could be bothering him a little bit. The calf, he's had multiple injuries this spring, um, trying to, trying to ail that back to, to full health. Rolling over a ton kind of reminds me of Eric Hosmer not getting the ball up. And you think that in a situation where they've banned the shift that, you know, you just need to be able to find the holes, but you know, just not being able to do that right now. Um, definitely watching a lot of pitches, which has been, you know, I mean, that's his game, right? He walks a lot, but he hasn't been walking a ton. Uh, they've been taking a lot of, you know, pitches right down the middle. Um, so I need him to get a little more aggressive up there. And I think he has these last couple of games. So I'm excited to see him continue to, to use the motivation and, and kind of all the momentum that he's got right now and just continue. So Juan Soto, here you go. I'm, I guess I'm a Debbie downer, but the longer he's in this league, the worse his batting average is getting, you know, he started off really hot, started, you know, hitting around 300. Then he had that one year, 350. Then it's like 310. Then last year, 240. It's just slowly, you know, maybe he needs to correct and not pull so much. Maybe he needs to go the other way. And, you know, we, maybe he's that, he maybe he's that one of the factor that guys got into not hitting the ball every, you know, right, left and mm -hmm. center, you know, mm -hmm. spraying the ball everywhere. Well, I'm just going to drop and drive the launch angle and try to hit as hard as I can, no matter what. Then the shift became really popular. You know, now mm -hmm. there's no shift, but he's still trying to pull the ball and he's not hitting it solid. Maybe it's an oblique. Yeah. I'm not panicking, but I'm just saying, I don't think he's that 300 hitter anymore because he's yeah, not spraying were, the ball everywhere. You were on that. I yeah. I, I don't think he's, worth you know 400 million dollars that he turned down and i think it's awesome that he's a padre do i think he has a great upside yes but i think he needs to be that guy that sprays the ball everywhere he doesn't you don't need to hit if really strong hitters you don't need to swing as hard as you can all the time watch His, manny he doesn't always try to crush the ball he just watch tries Bogarts. to make contact and the ball takes off Bogarts, go ahead I was gonna say I was. You can go ahead, Nick. I was just gonna say Soto's final at bat yesterday was optimistic, though he had a yeah. he had a base hit to, to left field, and you can tell his his hips were more aligned. He wasn't trying to pull the ball, and I was like, that's the Juan Soto you know. But you bring up a good point. It's like, you know, everyone's talking about uh, Padres fans. When Soto next on the extension, it's like the Padres have the money. I just don't think they're ready to give it to him. And, yeah, and, he's gonna and, prove and, it a little and, more. And, and rightfully so, like, I'm so interested as just a fan of the game, of a fan of the Padres, how Juan Soto is going to have, what kind of year he's going to have. I have no idea what kind of year yeah. he's going to have this year. And I, for me, I that's think, a really interesting storyline. I think if I'm AJ and I'm Peter Seidler, 
I'm going to, I'm just going to evaluate the entire year. I'm not going to offer him anything until I see what he does this year because he's got to prove it. You know I mean? Obviously it's going to cost a lot of money no matter what, but I still think there's a lot of things to prove because he's still young and you know, early on guys have crazy good careers and then they kind of come back to reality a little bit. You know, we saw it with like Chris Bryant early on, like he's good. But I mean, he was a phenom winning the MVP. Yeah. He's know, not a $400 million dollar player. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe that's what we have with Soto. Maybe not. Um, but I'm with you, Heath. I think he needs to figure out a way to go all over the place. And I think he did that yesterday. You know, you could tell that we just needed a runner on base to bring the tying run up to the plate. So he went with the pitch, went to left field, left field and got on base and looks like he can do that consistently. If he can do that, his average is going to go way up. But to your point, Borna, about guys or, or Heath, guys who um, don't have a ton of power, just look for good contact. Look at Bogarts had 15 home runs last season in Austin. He's already got three this season with us in six games. Now he's been playing with the green monsters entire life, right? Hitting line drives, peppering that wall. Now he's got a, a, an actual ballpark that has like a a shorter fence, right? It's, it's not the deepest in the world, but it's not super tall. You can just hit Mm -hmm. lasers out there and and just pop them Mm -hmm. out. They don't have to be 400 tank shots. They can be 360, 350. And I've said that to hitters so many times. Like if you hit the ball, if you hit a home run, you know, one row back or 10 rows back, it's still a home run. Yeah. But guys, so many hitters, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Soto's like this, but a lot of Latin guys are this, and I'm just generalizing, but a lot of big guys that can hit bombs, they want to hit the, you know, upper deck, you know, they're not satisfied with hitting two the home run, two rows back. They want it 50 rows back upper deck. They want yeah. that moonshot where they can hit it and they can stand there and look. They can pimp. They can do this instead of hit the ball, start running. Oh, it's a home run. Okay, start jogging. They want yeah. to hit it and flip the bat in this. And I don't have a problem. You know, I've never had a problem because I always say, look at Ricky Henderson. When Ricky Henderson, he played in the 70s and 80s and a little bit of the 90s. When that guy hit a home run and the outfielder went, I'm not even going to look at it. I'm just going to drop my head. He would do his little pimp. You know, off the side, nobody ever had a problem. But Ricky only did that probably 10% of the time of his home runs because he would hit a ball, start running. It went out of the yard. Okay, I started jogging. Yeah. You know, but now it's all about I'm going to hit as far as I can, watch it. That's why we've seen not as many the last year or two. But they hit it, they pimp it, and they go, oh, shit, I got to only get a double. And they end up getting a single because it goes off the wall or, you know, so – yeah, if it doesn't it doesn't get you double points for hitting it further, and if it did, yeah. I think we'd still have Hunter and Renfro on our team because <laughs> he was he was able to put it on top of Western Metal Supply or, or oh yeah second deck. We made a no we'll look catch this shortly. past week. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> we'll we'll have to teach Charlie to hit bombs on on top of the Western Metal Supply. He actually made his debut yesterday for the El Paso Chihuahuas. I didn't even know for the longest time a suspended player could could play in the minor leagues until yeah. they start playing. I, I honestly didn't know that. So that's, that's kind of a plus just start getting him at bats and, and El Paso until he's ready to come back uh, April 20th in Arizona. So by, by the way, I, I'm telling you guys, I know you, Heath, I know you're, you're, I don't know if it was you, you're anti diamondbacks. They're, they're sneaky, man. They run the bases. They, 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 they get runs by their legs and they're, and they're just sneaky. They're, they're going to win 75 games. At least you can book it. You, you, can you know what? It. If, if we would have played the way we should be playing, we would, we, we would have beat both um, all three games against them. Really. If you think about it, if we had our bullpen and we, everybody was pitching, doing their thing, 
Diamondbacks are just, you know, if you're making mistakes, Diamondbacks are going to can beat you. Yeah. That's it. If you don't make mistakes, Diamondbacks are not going to win. That's They're pesky. They're super pesky. And they play small ball. And, and, and they have nothing to lose. Right. But it's one of those things that, you know, when you play the Pirates, you play the Diamondbacks, you play teams that have nothing to lose. As long as you play your game and don't make mistakes, you're going to beat them 99 out of 100 times, if not 100 out of 100. It's the time you let up. You know, Machado loses cool. Yeah, it was a bad call, but you don't need to say F you or whatever he said. And just, you know, say, okay, it's a bad call. That's stupid, but you don't need to throw words out there and, you know, play. Even though Cruz did help out and hit a home run, Machado's, you know, a better player. But it's little things like that. If you don't lose your cool, you can beat those teams every single time. Yeah. I really believe. What are some things that for you guys that you've been impressed by or that um, is, is, you know, a nice glimmer of hope this season? Um, I'll start off. We are the lowest strikeout team in baseball our batters have striken out less than any team in, in major league baseball i think for that's me awesome. it's the slug for me it's the slug of, of this team i think over the last few years the padres have always been a team that's kind of tried to manufacture runs um you know with the stolen base with the bloop and and so far it's so early let's not forget but so far they've been getting slug they're they're in the top 10 in the big leagues and home runs and they've been getting some of it you know obviously a lot of it from x but you know Hassan kim went deep david Dahl went deep right they've, they had a good they won a game because of their eight nine hitters slugging so the slug is a very optimistic thing and machado hasn't even gone deep this year and soto's gone deep once and tatis is not even in the lineup yet so yeah, and you mentioned this Cruz team too. has potential to be a top five slugging team which is huge I I'm impressed that we're not swinging and missing as much as we did last year or whatnot. Just that when they swing, they're making, they're making contact, you know, it wasn't great contact at first and now it's starting to be, but we're not waiting on Machado. We're not waiting on Tatis. We're not just waiting on one or two guys to do it. You know, when we're down, we're looking like, Hey, let's get some base hits. Yeah. we're. The, I'm a big believer. If you hit the ball hard, like David justice used to say, I'm going to just try to hit the ball hard. And if I get the rights backspin, it's a home run. But if I try to hit a home run, it's not going to go anywhere. I'll pop it up. I'll roll it over. So just hit the ball hard, you know, and, and I feel like yeah. that's what we're trying to do for the most part. We're just trying to hit the ball hard. We're not trying to hit home runs. And the ball is going to leave because the guys are strong. They really are. And, um, you know, I'm, in, I'm impressed with that, our hitting right now. But, you know, take that. The two teams, we didn't see the best pitching in the game. You know, we're going to see better pitching down the road this next week. So, Let's Tomorrow. see what this does. Yep. Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves, right? Padres start a huge road trip, four games in Atlanta, three games in Queens. Blake Snell goes against Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider's 1-0 this year. Obviously just started nine strikeouts, six innings of shutout ball in his first appearance. Blake Snell trying to bounce back from a lackluster opening day. The Padres haven't seen a legit ace yet. Maybe Zach Allen, but here come the big dogs now, and the Atlanta Braves are 5-1, and one, and there are a lot of people's picks, if not the San Diego Padres, to come out of the National League's the Atlanta Braves, and they have camaraderie. They've played together for a while. They have Ronald Acuna looking like Acuna again, and that whole team is absolutely loaded, so... We're going to learn a lot about this team early on in April about going to Atlanta. Like, if, if they split this four-game set, big win. They That's split, huge. Split, That's huge. Fine. So, um, we just got to win every series. We have to remember as well, like, we this should not be like we're huge underdogs. Like, we're the San Diego Padres. We have built this big team, and we are missing a lot of guys right now. But this th these are games that we should expect to win every single game. I don't care if it's against the Atlanta Braves. Thoughts? Yeah. And, and we can't say, well, we're missing guys, you know? We just can't say that. We can't say we're missing Tatis. We're missing this guy. We're missing that guy. You know? 
We just, you know, we, we, we're the Padres, like you're saying, we're the San Diego Padres. Everybody's starting to start wearing the SD hat, starting to realize the Padres, you know, we beat the Dodgers last year. We're just not like the Dodgers younger brother anymore. We're, we're a big boy. Now we're out there. Yeah. We're ready to win. So we can't, we can't make excuses is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't see a ton of holes in our lineup for the most part. Grisham's looked pretty good to start off. Solid. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's really solid and it's telling. Um, obviously we're just rotating guys in at right field until Tatis is back. Um, would love to see a Zocar get his first major league home run. I feel like that's been something that's just the monkey on his back for all season long. Um, for last season and now this season, but um, like what I see at a doll, um, obviously Carpenter has been able to hit really well. So top to bottom, this lineup is really nice and I think it can compete with anybody. So, you know, going into Atlanta and, and going toe to toe with the quote unquote big dogs in the, in the NL like us, I think this is going to be a really great early season test and it might be a preview of maybe the NLCS this season. Yeah, it, it it definitely could be, and they they're gonna face Max Scherzer and Queens, so they're gonna see every they're gonna see every team's best shot here. And and Heath, I, I don't were you, were you about to say something? Well, I just was like I I'm just trying to figure out how our lineup's gonna stick because X is let off, you know Grissom's let off. I just don't understand why we're switching. I think know, well, it, I, I think Grish is dictating because of pitchers. I think it's well, get lefties yeah. righties. Yeah, but I think Grish is going to be the nine-hole hitter when Tatis comes back at all times. Tatis is going to be our leadoff guy. Yeah, I think Tatis because I uh, right now, saying. right now you're not moving next from cleaning up, especially with the slug that you're getting from him. No, he's you, he's your cleanup guy. Soto and Machado is your two-three. I know Melvin hit Soto third one night. I think I don't know why he changed that up. Maybe to get Juan, maybe something feeling different. But Tatis is going to be the leadoff guy. So I think Grisham's going to be the pseudo leadoff hitting ninth and. Man, I'm expecting 20, 25 bombs from Grisham this year, man. He shows he can run into a balls and crush them. So that ball me hit yesterday was crushed. Yeah. I I um, could see him if he hits in the bottom of the lineup to hit 20 or more home runs. Only if he yeah. hits in the bottom of the lineup. I mean, we we legitimately this this sounds like the the Braves of I think two years ago. Probably have five guys that hit over 20 home runs this season. Oh, yeah. Maybe more. And maybe yeah. Jake and Carpenter. No, all these, maybe more, you know, like, yeah. Or I maybe mean, at least five guys that can hit 25 home runs. But yeah. legitimately, our lineup is going to hit bombs. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're going to hit some home runs. It's exciting. So I, we haven't chatted about this on, the, on, on this show, and then, then we'll wrap it up. But the Potters gave Jake Cronenworth a seven year, $80 million extension. And it, and it feels like just with all of these massive contracts that we've been dropping, this one just completely went under the Still. radar. Like, no one. No one really talked about it. Like, oh, here's 80, he's seven years, $80 million, Jake Cronenworth. And it's like, it's, first of all, I think it's a, yeah, Nick, go ahead. What are your thoughts? I on was just saying, what's McNeil's contract? Because I think it's four worth years, more. 50, four exactly. years, 50. And he's exactly. two years older. You got a younger player, right? You got a guy who's been a two time all star. Um, honestly, if he plays first base all season long, he can win a gold glove at first base. Mm-hmm. He's got nice. elite defense. Jake, it's just funny because one, I'm jealous he's got 80 million, but two, it's funny. Nobody's talking about, Oh, it's only 80 million. It's not, you know, 300. It's not 400. It's not. It's At what point it would have been the biggest contract in Padres history. We gave Will Myers, what? 70 something million. Yeah. I remember when Chase, yeah. Chase Headley was possibly going to get the biggest contract and it was around 40 or 50, but it never happened. And then <laughs> Jake Peavy had the biggest contract at the time and it was like 30. So oh, it was just, you know, now we're talking about 80. Yeah. Let's not talk about 80. <laughs> so no, it's, it's just... it, it, 
but it, but seriously, they they get a player who's so versatile, who's been consistent over the last few years, who's a plus plus defender, I, who loves it. I love here. Jake. I, yeah, and Conan he's going to be I here. think is going to be a Padre for the rest of his life. I yeah, really do. I do too. And he's it, it's perfect. It runs through his age thirty six year. You kind of get all of his prime, right? He's twenty nine. I think it's a it gives him long term security. I think this is a big win win deal. I think I think Jake, if he wanted to play elsewhere, maybe could have got more on the open market a year or two down the line. And I think he. I think there was a mutual interest to get something he done, and they got team. it done. He loves well, his team. And the thing about this him. organization now, I mean, we're all Padre fans for a long time, but he knows this organization now that they want to win. They're going to spend money. They'll make trades. They'll do what they need to do. We want to win. Who doesn't want to play here? And that's what I'm saying. You know, people are starting to be like, I want to play here. I mean, before it was like New York, it was L.A. or you know, some other team like St. Louis or some. Now everybody's talking about San Diego, man. The weather's great. The organization wants to win. They're yep. signing all these guys. Let's go. You know, so yeah. it's. They, uh, they interviewed David Dahl and he was like, man, this is a lot of fun to be playing here. Like mm-hmm. he's a guy who got signed to a minor league deal. Who's going to be, you know, a platoon hitter, you know, yeah. going in and out of, of the lineup. But he's like, man, this is really fun to play here. Every single game so far this season has felt like a playoff game. The fans are super invested and involved. And look, that's not always been the case forever. I'm not saying that there's fake fans out there or anything like that. I'm just saying that like everyone is super excited about this team. You get to live in a city like San Diego, you got probably the best ballpark there is to play in. You got this stacked lineup of players, and it's just exciting to chase that first ever championship. And not just Padres history, but San Diego history. The last time the city of San Diego won anything was the AFL Chargers in the 60s. <laughs> I mean, we got close on Monday night with San Diego State, but yeah. I mean, seriously, to bring a city like San Diego, America's finest city, with almost what 2 million people residential in, in San Diego proper. And then you consider Oceanside and everything else that's surrounding the first ever major sports championship. I mean, you can't ask for, for much more than that. That's, that's an amazing feeling no matter who you are, no matter how many times you've already won too. Oh yeah. No doubt. So I think people are going to definitely, they're going to want to start coming here. That's why I think Soto his numbers come back, I think he'll take less and he won't go to the open market. That's why I think Otani has a chance. You know, we have a chance with him. So, yeah, it's so I'm even talking about that all year long. <laughs> it's so I crazy. Want, I, want, I just want to he's, see. He's, I mean, he's going, man. he's going off. It is insane. Otani is just <laughs> constantly just, I don't even know why I'm shocked at this point. I think he's just coming in his groove. But anyway, I think the Padres, even though we're three and three, we're in a good spot. We've we've made some mistakes. It's you know it's fine. We're still five hundred. You know we're one game back of winning because everybody's pretty much five hundred. So, um, you know it's fine. It's just this up week going to Atlanta and New York. We're gonna really find out what are we made of. You yeah, know, and I like yeah. it that way. I like it that way. So, hundred percent. And it's a good first road test in April. It's a it's a good good first road test in April to go to these places. So everyone, we will chat with you all post road trip. And as we said, we'll learn a lot about it. Make sure you guys go check us out on wherever you get your you know your your podcasts and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Believe.com. That's Nick Kreider. That's Heath Bell. Born in Azari, everybody. We're signing out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.